Hey guys, I have got a special privilege today. I'm going to introduce you to my oldest friend. We've known one another since the age of four, going to school together, grade school. He is now a professor at Durham College. He's a trades advocate, podcaster, and YouTuber. He's got a show entitled Trades Educator Podcast, and he's building a community for educators because he believes that there's a gap there that students really need assistance for. He obviously wants to help people to do the right thing, get them in the right direction, but really to be able to see the road ahead when it comes to getting into the trades and building a career or business in trades. I'd like to introduce to you today my good friend, Edward Logan. Uh, Edward, thank you so much for coming on the show. Glad, glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Neil. It's been a great long time no see. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, for for the uh, one of the things that um, if people are watching that they don't know is that uh, you and I ha go way back, all the way back to uh, four years of age, starting in uh, in junior kindergarten. We went to the same school, and um, I think this is a really in interesting conversation that we get to have today, talking about maybe a little bit about what life was like growing up and then and what we thought it was going to be like and what it's what it's been does that does that sound like a road that we should be going down yeah i think so because i i even think a lot now just in retrospect as i got older about things that i think about now that i didn't realize back then yeah um uh, and our and our growing up period and stuff like that so we can talk about that for sure <laughs> well, you you were just mentioning about um, about the boys, about your kids um, being fed and hopefully alive. No, no, sorry, alive. Hopefully, they'll be fed too. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, just getting home from uh, teaching and then uh, coming to make sure that they're all breathing and there's no bloodshed or no fighting. And uh, yeah, I don't know if they've eaten yet. I've I've seen some wrappers of chocolate bars and uh, and chips out there, but I don't, I don't know if they've actually had anything healthy yet today. Uh, not that I'm a, a specimen of health myself, but uh, we'll see shortly after we're done. I'll see if there. I'll get them. I'll get them ready so that before the wife gets home, so uh, so that I, don't, I don't get in trouble, as they say, right? So as right, right. Well, I I remember um, I lived in this one uh, apartment building, and before I was getting married, the uh, the security guard he says to me, "Oh, you're getting married? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting married." He's like, "Okay, well, I got." I got to tell you this. I got to give you some what, some advice. I was like, okay, okay. What are you going to, he was like, two words, two words. I got two words for you. You remember these two words. You'll have a good, good life. You'll have a good marriage. I was like, okay. What, 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 wisdom, <laughs> what sage wisdom is this security guard going to give me? Um, who I'm pretty sure when we're not looking is drinking and sitting at the at the desk. But come on, <laughs> let's 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 hear what he's gonna say. And he said two words. Yes, dear. Just remember that. Yes, dear. <laughs> Whatever she says, yes, dear. <laughs> well, I remember being told being told to just happy wife, happy life. And yeah, uh, I guess it's all along the same lines. As as long as the, uh, our our better half, as they say, are happy. And yeah. everything else will be smooth. Or there won't be anything. Everything else will be, be perfect. 
So yeah, <laughs> and I think it's worked out to be actually sound advice that you got. <laughs> now that I think about, you know, I think about uh, my relationship with my wife, and I'm sure you're probably the same with yours, right? And you don't, you think it's kind of funny, right? You think it's kind of funny advice that here's somebody, like you said, who you like. I don't, I don't really know this person. Here they are, the security guard. You know, you know, you know. And I hate to say it, but sometimes we, you know, we judge book by the cover. Like, who's this mm -hmm. person to give me advice, right? Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes those are the people that you might be want to be out looking for because you never, you know, they've had that lived experience, right? And and uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like our parents telling our stuff when we were younger. We would say, okay, yeah, mom, yeah, dad. And as we got older, we went, oh, okay, so they were right, <laughs> right? So they were right, uh, right? So. It's true. It's crazy. I um, I actually have noticed that, you know, I've got two girls. Um, my my first two kids. I've got four kids, and my my two girls are uh, they're getting older, and 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 so now I say yes, dear, to any of them, to my wife, to my first daughter. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. Whatever you want. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I, it's, you know, what it is is there's definitely a, a difference between the genders and stuff like that. Yeah, there is a difference, right? There is a difference, and uh, but uh, I mean, I have three boys, so it's a lot different, right? I was, I always joke with a friend of mine. He's, uh, he's a plumber too. Uh, he doesn't teach like I do, but uh, he has three girls, and they're about the same age as my boys, roughly, right? And I used yeah. to say to him, oh, "How lucky are you because you have." You have four women that take care of you. And I used to see pictures, stuff you post pictures of on social media. Here's the girls are, you know, doing his hair and giving him a facials and all. I said, that's great. I said, I've got boys who I'm trying to break up fights for. Yeah, we got sports to play and whatnot. I said, but, and he goes, no, no. He goes, don't worry. When, uh, when your boys get older and my girls get older, I'm going to be worried about my girls because, right. you know, I remember how I was as a boy back in the day and stuff, right? He said, it's going to change for you. You're going to actually be, we're going to, our, role, our roles, our worries are going to reverse a little bit. I said, yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think the worry will still be there because, uh, you know, we're parents and we do care and we want to make sure that they don't get any trouble, right? They, they succeed yeah. and, and yeah. So basically, basically survive the day, right? Survive the day that they're living. So <laughs> well, it it's true. It's true. I, I will say this having, having two girls and then two boys. Um, you, you know, you, I get, I've gotten a chance to see the massive difference between having girls and boys and, and early on there, there's definitely a, a huge, huge differences. Uh, girls for starters, uh, they try to imitate their mother, which means that they like to clean, they like to cook, they like to be motherly, take care, you know, whereas boys, um, and I'm sure your boys, uh, as you've watched them grow up, have been like this. They they just want to play. Never mind all the rest. Cleaning, yeah. Putting the toilet seat down. You oh know. God! Don't even talk about that. It, it, it makes it worse. Though. I'm a plumber. You know how many times my toilet's plugged, and I'm a plumber with three boys. <laughs> all I gets that call, <laughs> honey, the toilet. I'm like, oh my God! Can you guys not flush? Can you guys not flush? Couple of times at least while you're doing your business on the toilet, and I, yeah. I'm like, here, I know I'm a plumber, but I said I'm not getting paid for this. I don't <laughs> want. I should be doing this at home. Like I, I, we know you guys know what you should be doing, right? And but I laugh too because even my oldest one the other day, he's uh, he's in high school, 16, right? And uh, my wife was on him for a couple of days to empty the dishwasher, and she said, I'm going to hold my guns. I'm going to hold my guns. I'm not going to. We're not. I'm gonna, he's going to empty it. The dishes are piling up, and eventually the, the dishes ran out. And he's like saying to me, 
where's the spoon? Come on, you guys. Where's the spoon? I'm looking for a clean spoon. I said, well, that's because you haven't emptied the dishwasher yet. I said, I'm only, we're only asking you to do half the job. Empty it. We'll fill it. Like, just to do something. I said, do something to help mom and dad. And he's like, well, I'm busy all day. I'm working. I said, what do you mean you're working? I'm playing video games all day. <laughs> I'm like, that's work. I don't know if that's working or not, but I said, I'm sure you can find some time. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a different experience. But I'm hoping, slowly but surely, that as they get older, as they they get the little nuggets and then they start to listen and, and then they start to do a little bit more. Right. So, I mean, one day it's going to come, so they're going to have to do it on their own eventually. Well, oh, I, I have to share this with you. I, um, I heard something about, uh, I was watching this, this show and they were talking about, uh, the, the gamification of education. And, um, and they were talking about the need to understand how kids think, now and how to incentivize them and so um talking about how you know when you're playing video games and you just get this continual opportunity to start again to get try again and um and and you do these different uh combinations you get bonuses and all this kind of stuff and so there's this huge incentive they're continually getting reinforced uh for making the mistakes trying something different doing all these things yeah. Whereas um, then they come into, you know, our classrooms. We can talk about this a little bit more later, but uh, or into the home and and they're and we're dealing with them and we're telling them you have to do this. You have to do that. There's no bonuses. There's none of that. And so something that I got out of that was because uh, they did go on to talk about how do you incentivize them? Right. How do you create those bonus opportunities? And so. Yeah. My kids don't like it, but I'll I'll tell you a secret that I uh, I've done with them, and that was I put up a board with the different chores that are available and yeah. the amount of the amount of electronic time that you can have. So if you do if you load the uh, dishwasher, you get thirty minutes. If you unload, you get thirty minutes. Um, you know, if you <laughs> brush your teeth, <laughs> take a shower, make your bed, you get an hour, 20 minutes for each of them. Yeah. And, uh, and because you, then you get to kind of reinforce the areas you want. And then it's on them. You want time on your to play video games? Absolutely. Here's the board. Go choose. Go do whatever you want. And, and off they go. Um, and okay. What's the least amount of work I can do and get the most amount of oh, time? Uh, yeah, <laughs> of time. Well, it just so happens to be the areas that we want them to work on, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, like uh, if they if they exercise, we give extra time for that. If they, um, you know, if they're doing reading, you know, you get double time for that. If you if you go outside and play, you get you're going to get the same amount of time on electronic, like, you know, just finding ways to uh, motivate them. And it's been really interesting. Um, the The hardest thing is keeping track of it. But, you know, you, between you, me and the fence post, I'm not really too worried about it at the end of the day. If it yeah. gets them, if it gets them engaged in trying to do something, I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's something that we've been trying. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure lots of people just like uh, similar things probably back in the day, whether it be like allowance money, I give you a little bit of money, right? a little bit of pocket yeah. money. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess it's more back in, it would probably be more appropriate back in our day when uh, our pocket money we were we were looking for was not to buy video games. Let's say they were 90 bucks. We were looking just to go to the corner convenience store to get a, a popsicle or uh, a bag, a little bag of chips or something, right? Something like yeah. something little, yeah. something small, right? And yeah. uh, so, we, you know, we get a little bit of change here and there for doing stuff, but yeah, I, I, sometimes oh. I get, I sometimes I get worried. It's like I get worried too, but the re, like the re, you know rewarding. It's like mm-hmm. they have to realize that eventually these things are. Hopefully, they create the habits that they yeah. that that because eventually that reward it'll be like a different kind of reward. I guess when you get older, I guess in a way. But um, you know, um, you know, I'm getting reward. Yeah, I got to go to work every day, and I got to be able to work at a certain time. Um, yeah. and I'm not getting video time anymore, video game time, or 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 pocket money like the pocket. Money. Yeah, I'm getting a paycheck and stuff like that. Right, I have yeah. to, and stuff like that. So, the, I guess in a way, I guess maybe do the incentives does kind of continue a little bit in some ways. Well, you you know the way. That, I mean, again, I I'm not a psychologist. I'm not any of these things. I'm just experimenting with my kids. So, uh, full disclaimer. Um, but uh, but one of the thought processes behind that is, like in real life, you don't get to have the relaxing time until you've done the work, until you've done what has to get done. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm hoping that it's reinforcing the get this stuff done and then and then you can relax. Get this stuff done, then you can relax. You can go play video games. Get this stuff done and then the leisure time comes because if you're always fighting to get the leisure time, then you know, the work doesn't get done and um and I'm hoping that it reinforces that, but you know, it, it maybe it's a study to find out later on in life uh, how much I messed that up. And uh, you know, <laughs> let's well, be honest, we, we mess it up all the time. So yeah, well, I was going to say since since you're saying we're sharing, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and share some with you too because yeah. I don't th- I don't I don't think it was from you or from other friends that we have from back in the day that. The one thing I didn't think of that I'm thinking about these days that I didn't think about then is because I knew yeah. this. I was younger perspective at the time was, is that when we grew up in uh, in Scarborough, right? Um, um, I remember. Yeah, some, where, where some, abouts some, were you? Where where did you? Because I yeah, never I was. Here. Yeah, because I was just uh, uh, south of Ellesmere, just off of Scarborough Golf Club Road there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, yeah. And yeah. but I re- but I remember because of our, our like our school zone area was was quite a big area, right? So it was like yeah. you know north northeast and all all around pretty much the school, right? A fair distance yeah. of an area that covered so students were coming everywhere. And I remember growing up, and I never thought about it. And somebody said to me, um, uh, and our friend saying, "Hey, you know, hey uh, Ed, you were like you know you were one of the rich ones because you lived in the you lived in, in a like a bungalow that was a bungalow house, right? And I never and I thought back then I never thought, and I don't know if it's just I kind of think about things now about. People talk about like white privilege and all this stuff, right? And I just don't know. Maybe I was just young and not, you know, I was just a kid, so I didn't really know because I, because I remember my parents buying stuff for us, and I'd be like, oh, it's coming from uh, Byway and uh, you know, and uh, Bargain Harold's, all these cheap stores back in the day. So I, you know, and my dad had his own business, but I thought we were not really wealth, like well off per se, right? And I remember people, you know, and, and like maybe it was yourself or other people we knew, and I thought, like, oh, you know. It's a perspective. Like we all yeah. here, we all are, are together. Um, the other part that I that I realized back then that I appreciate back then and still to net to now was the fact that um, the makeup of our area was well diverse. Right, people from mm-hmm. different backgrounds. Most of us 
whether ourselves we were first like i'm not first uh, for, uh immigrant but my parents were immigrants right or mm-hmm. some of us our parents were immigrants and uh, we were too some of our friends were also immig- you know immigrants right so yeah. um like i i like i'd like to look back now and kind of reflect on those things and what you know what i've learned you know and what i thought back then it's just uh it's amazing right you don't and again it may be like i said because of age being too young to appreciate that yeah. um but it makes me think i was like okay i'm like okay um, like, I don't think I, I maybe, you know, maybe I should have been more appreciative of what I had back then too, mm-hmm. in a way. Well, right? well, I can tell you for a fact that for, for myself, I looked at you as being rich. Um, you know, I, of course, you know, I, I look, you had a house. Oh my goodness. If you owned a house, you were rich in my mind, right? We, we grew up in a two bedroom yeah. apartment, right? Uh, we, we put a. We, when my sister was born, we we put up these uh, bookshelves across the dining room, and that dine the dining room got to be her bedroom. We put a flag yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the kitchen area, so she had a room. And um, you know, real ghetto, but <laughs> that was that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, well, so that got, she got a room. Yeah, you do what you got to do. So I and I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I want to declare this uh, on the show, and that is because many times I'll talk about racism that I experienced growing up and including in grade school. And I want to say clearly to everyone listening that Edward Logan never, never, never put me down in all of those years for uh, either my the color of my skin, my uh, socioeconomic status, none of those things. You have that distinction, Edward, that you uh, you never did any of those things. And uh, I never got that experience uh, from you that you ever looked down on me, which I can't say for everyone, but um, even though I love them all now, um, you, you never, never uh, were a person that I ever had to experience that way, which was rare for for the people that I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I make, especially back, you know, that was obviously years ago. Right. So there's yeah. uh, a lot of things have changed over the years and some things haven't changed. Right. But, yeah. um, but I think in some ways, I know, I think some ways with even uh, my immediate upbringing, my parents, like kind of, even though, you know, my parents were both Scottish, but, but you know, both, uh, you know, white male and female and stuff like that. But the, they always brought me up to, you know, you know, you know, appreciate everybody. Everybody's right. Everybody, mm. you know, it's about the person. It's not about all the other stuff, right? You know, it's not about oh, how much money does that person have, or how, or yeah. you know, where are they from, whatever. Is yeah. it a good person you can hang out who's going to be a good friend to you? You're going to have you know have a good time and yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah, that's and I think that that's one thing. I think it, it started early on with me that's continued to this day, where it's like, you know, that's why I you know I listen to I try to listen to everybody because I'm like. I don't know because someone might have something like you were mentioned. We were mentioned off the top there, but earlier about uh, different vices and stuff. You never know. Um, like I've learned too as a teacher, right? That you know, even more so, don't judge a book by its cover, kind of thing. Don't like meet the person, understand the person, and and mm. I mean, we don't can't all live all like I like I, I can't I definitely can't say I, I lived a different experience that maybe you had, right? For sure, uh, as far as you know, being people being racist, whatever towards you, right? But at least I can still listen and understand and try to, mm. and that's a big thing. That's a big thing for me these days that I'm trying. My, I'm actually really. Try, I think I, I'm a good person, like like you said, hopefully. But but I'm I'm really trying to focus on like these days 
you know what? I can't just, uh, I got to do more by action. Like I got to, I got to, like, you know, when I'm teaching my students, I'm trying to lift them up as students, just as students, right? Because I want them to succeed. So I should be out. If I'm really supporting people, if I really uh, have no biases and stuff, then yeah. what can I do to make things better, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and sometimes, you, you know, you can't just, some people say it's like, if you just say stuff, it's just like lip service. You're not really, right, doing anything. So I'm... That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, I got all these focuses that I'm trying to focus on these days. But uh, yeah, well, well, how did how did it kind of go from there? I mean, uh, you know, let let's <laughs> playing on the school grounds. Uh, I, now I remember this. You were a great soccer player. Um, well, in our school, you were a great soccer player, and um, and then you uh, you know we did all of that kind of stuff. How how did all of this stuff come about where now here you are a champion for people for your students trying to pass on advice how did all like you got to fill in some gaps for us yeah i think it's just the the maybe because that's what i kind of had along the way like you know whether it be people who are older like maybe like mentors like you know good teachers and stuff along the way right or even uh just having friends like yourself or other ones in the group were who were you know, you know, treating people, people right and stuff. Right. And it's yeah. like, you know, and I'm, who's, and I, and who's I, your and favorite I, teacher? Uh, well, uh, we're due for another beer, but, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Mrs. Seawack, uh, good old Miss Seawack. She's, she's still around and I'm hoping to get, hoping to get another pint with her, with you guys as well. <laughs> Again, maybe Shout this time. I'll, Mrs. Seawack. Yeah. Mrs. Seawack. She was, she was, uh, well, she had a lot of lived experience too back in her yeah, her history from where she came. So, and I think with that sharing that kind of stuff too. Um, Do you remember her talking about the war? Yeah, I remember. I remember all the yeah, yeah. I remember that stuff. And that you know the funny part was that, that stuff. It wasn't necessarily related to what we were talking in the class. I, I don't remember because I know that back in our day, at least at a certain point, uh, we had an art teacher, Mr. Bailey, for history. He was doing a lot of history, especially Canadian history, right? But about, shout out to Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey, right on. Uh, but I think it wasn't until high school we got to that kind of that more history, like the world kind of history, mm-hmm. right? But uh, but I remember just kind of like in awe, like listening to the story, thinking, "Wow, right?" Just the because uh, I remember her talking about stuff about being scared and running and and hiding, whatever, all this kind of stuff, right? I'm like, "Wow, right?" and I think too, just hearing from other people that also that I think that opened up other people who were maybe uh, there's a few people over the years and I can't remember if it was all in elementary school or not, but who would share didn't share their kind of experience about how they got to Canada, right, and the stuff they had to go through. I mean, you might uh, give a shout out to my wife to here, Blanca, uh, that you know she comes from Panama, but she tells me about the times when they were under dictatorship and stuff, right, and the kind of stuff, right. So I'm like, and I think the more experience that I hear of that over time too. That's probably helped to shape me too. Like, you know, okay. Um, there's probably been times where I've been kind of selfish and say, you know, life sucks. I don't have it all. I don't have, you know, this person has that. And why don't I have that? And then like, you know what? You got to be appreciative for what you, you don't realize what you got. You got to take stock of what you you do have, right? And because uh, my biggest thing is that I always say to people that, you know, there's always someone better off than you, but there's also lots of people worse off than you are. I think we're all kind of like, 
there's always someone better, right? There's always someone better. You can always look at it and say, you know, oh, I want to be the, uh, you know, the the biggest, richest CEO of the world. Like, look at that guy there. He's got billions and billions of dollars. How great is that, right? And but then there's other people that you can see that are just struggling. Like, I mean, just driving around where I live, I just I saw there a day I was out with my wife, and there there's a tent pitched on a on a tree under a tree on a grassy area by near a plaza. And like I said to my wife, that's somebody live. That's somebody living there. That's someone who doesn't have a home, who's just living. I mean, I mean, thankfully the weather is. I, at least ideal for being outside, per se, give or take the real hot days. But I'm still thinking, here is that there's somebody else that's you know whatever whatever which way they're down their luck, they're down their luck. They don't have a home, obviously. Mm-hmm. They might not have any family. Who knows what there's you know? I mean, there's so many. There's a story behind everybody, I guess. You know, as well, right? There's a story behind everybody. So that's why I always take stock, and I, every once in a while, I kind of think about what I got. I go, okay, I got my boys, I got my wife, I have a nice house that I like. You know, all these different things. I have a nice job. Everything that I enjoy, right? And I go, you know what? If I don't have that one thing, eh, it's okay, right? It's not the end of the world. Doesn't mean I can't still strive for it, but I'm not going to complain about it, right? So, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's, uh, I mean, uh, and as they say, an attitude of gratitude. There, there's something powerful in being able to look at what you have and and appreciate it. Yeah, right. and it, it, yeah, and it's like I said, it doesn't mean that you can't still strive for those goals of, you know, I want this, yeah. I want to try achieve this or whatever. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It just don't be disappointed. Don't be. Uh, I think the word I'm looking for also don't be jealous of like other people, right? Mm. Like don't be jealous. Like and 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 then realize, yeah, um, you know, people have you know, some people have stuff, but they've worked hard for it. And they've and you maybe don't know the grind. Like I mean, if people look at me today. Uh, that knew me when I was younger. I, like I know a bunch of our friends, especially the some of the ones that we went to high school with later on, who yeah. we didn't go to grade school with. And some of it was like, "Oh my God, you're like a success story!" Like you're like, "Wow!" Like I'm like you know. And uh, yeah, I, I think to myself, yeah, you know, I think back to high school days as we start to reminisce a bit here. And I hate to mention it, but we went we went to a, a Catholic school that we had to wear a uniform, and and I remember wearing uh, army fatigues, right, as my my kind of dress down and stuff, and. Right. Like, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily doing too well in school because I think when I went to, I don't know about how your experience, but I, why I think about the high school experience, it was more that all these schools joined together. And then some of us who were friends, we weren't friends anymore, but they became, mm. it, would be, it became like different kind of cliques in the high school. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's kind of the same these days. I'm sure where, whether it be different nationalities got together, uh, different uh, economic backgrounds got together, whether you're like more of a sporty person or like a jock, I guess you could say the typical type of stuff. Right. And I kind of found myself on the, I found myself on the fringes where I, and I became more and more shy surprisingly enough. And, and nowadays I'm probably not so shy and I don't talk, I don't stop talking, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just think about like, you know, I can imagine that people say, Oh, this is what happened to Ed. Right. Yeah. But my 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 path is wasn't straight line. It wasn't like I was at a high school and I and later on I became a professor uh, or a plumber. Like I I went to college and I failed and then I dropped out dropped out of college and then I worked for a while. And I jumped and I worked for two different couple different places until I decided where I, where I was going and and I went back to school and I worked full time at the same time. Right. So like I, it didn't. So someone looks at me and he goes, "Oh, I wish you know it didn't come easy. It didn't come easy where I'm at." Yeah. Um, I wouldn't change a thing though because yeah it's it's taught me so much um i don't know if you've ever experienced it neil but uh but experiencing the fact that you are uh don't have enough money in the bank account whether you're going to be where you're going to be paying the mortgage or you're going to be getting groceries and stuff we i've had points about that when we were when we've been married where we were like and i was you know 
doing stuff like borrowing money from those like those uh, payday loan type of things that are, they're uh-huh. which are outrageous. If, you, if anybody knows about them, they're outrageous, but but we got by it, like we got through it, and but you know we learned how to you know spend and be cheap about no, I guess be cheap about things, right? Be frugal, I guess the word would be better, and how to live, right? So now as we live, yeah, we live, we we do buy stuff now, but we think about stuff. We try and keep those uh, old ways of thinking. Yeah. And, you know, how we how we used to shop for groceries and all that the techniques that we used back then. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a little bit of a, a crazy uh, journey. So <laughs> to say the least, a very a very learning journey, I guess you say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I really man, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, I literally was walking through as you were sharing I was I was thinking about the different places and you know I I remember that we we kind of lost contact in high school uh different directions and then I ended up switching high schools um but uh y- you know one of the things that as you were talking about all the different cliques I started thinking about all the different things that we used to do back then that could you imagine if we did them now like uh do you remember Valentine's Day in school that you could send uh, a Hershey's kiss or something to yeah, you could people. Pop, yeah, you, yeah. I think it was like through the. I think it was for the student council. You could, yeah, yeah you, could, right. you could send it right. Or, or was there was a Christmas time? I think you could do like a candy cane kind of yeah. gram. Or candy gram. It. Yeah, that's Whatever right. And and do you remember? Um, oh my goodness, what did we call it? Did uh, wait? Did we have it? Did we have Slave Day? Do you do you remember Slave Day? I think we did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know would, would fly today, but yeah. Uh, do you remember Slave Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you remember. I don't think you remember it too. That and uh, especially yes. and, tell tell especially, us about Slave Day. <laughs> yeah, tell us about that. Well, we get to auction off students, and they volunteer that be auctioned off and we were raising money it's for a good cause i forget what the good cause was there was it was for like charity or united, money. united way i think or, or unicef yeah. one of those yeah. yeah uh yeah so yeah i don't know if that would go and i don't and i try and think i might it's hard to really think now i mean if i saw some pictures of stuff i probably would see stuff that would be really inappropriate when it when it comes to that i'm sure people took it to well, the real extreme like so well i i remember there were there were a couple of rules uh you know like the person could they were allowed to uh be exempt from their classes and they could go with you to your classes and you know they could hold your books you couldn't you know you couldn't do anything uh really uh all that crazy but um you know they would go they'd sit with you <laughs> in class that could hold your books from class to class some of those kind of things um and and i actually remember it being a fun time and i remember thinking i wish i had i had money because i didn't have any money to be able to you know you imagine um imagine auctioning and getting the the hot the hot chick and being able to have her with uh, yeah because then i'd be cool yeah right on right on Wow, that would that would make that would be just like the movie "Can't Buy Me Love," was it? The, uh, <laughs> the guy get bought the girl, right? Yeah, right on, <laughs> right on, right on. So, 
We are apparently on the same geek level. It's perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I just I just remember back then thinking, like I don't I I'm, I'm I have a hard time remembering some of the names now, but um, I remember sitting there going, I want to ask that girl out, mm. and I would I did that back in grade school a little bit. I mean, it really wasn't in grade school. It was kind of it was kind of silly stuff too. And I'm pretty sure high school was kind of silly too. But where you really Wait, who, you weren't who did you, you ask really, out in grade were, school? You, I don't know. Well, not. I guess not really unofficially in grade school. You oh. weren't really asking. Yeah, you're going out, but you're not actually going anywhere. <laughs> but uh, or you kissed or whatever. But you know. Yeah. But yeah. But I remember. I remember myself. Like I wanted to. Like when you would have came to grade twelve and and graduation time, I thought, uh, you know, I should ask this girl out. I'm gonna ask this girl out. Mm. A couple of them. I narrowed it down to one. And I thought, okay, this, you know, this person. And I thought, I don't want to. I didn't want to get rejected. I said, I don't know, because I was such an, I was in a way such an outlier where yeah. I found out later on some people thought I was snobby and some people, right? Because you're, when you don't talk too much, maybe you're just snobby, right? You don't right. want to talk to anybody. Right. But uh, I, I would hope they realized that I wasn't really talking to anybody. So maybe I'm not so snobby, right? But yeah, for me, like the high school memories are, I know I talked to other friends of ours that went to Pope, especially that uh, Pope John Paul II back in the day. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> I know the name has changed ever since he passed away, uh, but I don't remember what the name is uh, in good old Scarborough. Um, but yeah, I just for me, it's like they used to tell me, I was like memories. I'm like, I didn't really have any good memories. For me, it was like uh, like a bad time, right? So I'm for me personally, I'm you know, uh, I I didn't do well with my marks. I became really lazy. I was probably because it, when you think that someone who doesn't really talk to anybody doesn't really got anything going on, you got lots of time to do homework, but then. I really didn't do the homework, so it's kind of weird that I wouldn't have. Hmm. Um, but I don't what, know if you know. You I don't. I don't know. Just thinking about who I wanted to talk to that I never talked to. I guess I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't even know why I was thinking. Uh, I remember when we got older. Like um, I know the you, you. You went to Neil McNeil after was it? Oh, was you? <laughs> I, no, I, I, I went from I went uh, from Pope for a couple of years, and then I. Went to uh, Woburn, Woburn Collegiate. Oh, Woburn, yeah, right. Good old Woburn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right next right to the, next the, to it, yeah. for St. Thomas More, right on. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to St. Thomas More and yeah. Woburn, right on. <laughs> no, uh, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, you know, even when we got to the older grades, you know how you, when you got to the older grades, if you had, had all your credits, you might actually have a spare. And yeah, and I had a sp and I had the spare was like right in the like in the wrong part of the day, right where I still had class after. So there was times where I would just take off after that because. At that, when you got to grade twelve, I think I was at that time old enough where I could sign myself out. Right, right. You got to the age. I think there was the last part of grade twelve where most people could sign themselves out. Yeah. And, but I remember, like, I I had, I think it was grade twelve. I took accounting too, and I thought this is one of the things I always thought I was going to do because I loved math, but I wasn't doing so good at math in in school at the time. But and I started skipping that class. I was like, this class is so boring. The teacher is so boring. And uh, I just remember going at the back of the school. Down the back of the hill through uh, what's it, uh, Mornell Court there, yes, and ca catching the bus right on uh, on right on Ellsbury just to avoid to avoid <laughs> the connection, right, the the one stop connection. And I laugh to this day because people used to tell me, "Why are you going through there? It's Mornell Court." Uh, anyways, right, it's dangerous, right? But anyways, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, back in the day, there was some stuff going on there, but uh, well, you had to anyways. watch out for the Mornell boys. Yeah, shout so, out yeah. to the Mornell boys. Right on. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll maybe we'll shout out to the Untouchables there too, and everybody else, all the gangsters. Uh, but 
Yeah, I, guess, I think you know I started like missing stuff. Like grade, you weren't there. So, but in grade twelve, uh, I didn't uh, graduate on time. I actually had to go to summer school. Okay. And yeah. uh, so I went to. I, I had to I actually fail two credits, so I had to go to two credits in summer school uh, because I was off going off to college, right? So I was like, yeah. I was in a rush. Like I needed those yeah. two credits. And you, I, that was the two prerequisites I needed for the program. Plus, obviously, you need the graduation, the uh, diploma, right? And so that's the first time I ever did summer school too. And oh God, thankfully it was the first and last time I learned my lesson on that one. Holy smokes! And uh, but it was weird because it set me off on a different. Like you know, I was off for a bit, but then I was back on the same kind of schedule as everybody else, right? So yeah. some people were going back for grade thirteen or OEC, as it was called back yeah. then for us. Yeah. And uh, some of us weren't. Some of us were headed to college, right? From from grade twelve. So it was uh, it was definitely a different time, but. Uh, I remember at that time. I don't know about yourself, Neil. At that time, I just know that when I was like thinking, as grade twelve was approaching, and they started thinking, you know, where are you going to be heading? You going to go to grade thirteen? To go to university because you have to do that to go to university, or are you going to college? And I was thinking, and I remember seeing outside the guidance counselor they would, uh, area, they would have the table set up with all the little booklets for all the colleges and universities, and you know, the typical thing like you do online these days. It's like a little, like a little blurb, like a half, like a paragraph or whatever, right, about the program and what kind of careers, right? And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if you knew what you wanted to do then. As high school went through, I think when I was younger, I think I knew what I wanted to do. But when I got to high school, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. And I was like trying to think to myself, I gotta choose something for the rest of my life now. Yeah. And I thought yeah. I think, how am I gonna choose something for the rest of my life now? Like I don't even know. Like I don't I've had no experience. The only experience I've had is in classrooms. I didn't uh, I know we had like I think we had co-op back in the day where people could do co-ops, go like go to yeah. go to jobs yeah. and get credit for it. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what else was back then too. What, what else they did back then? I just don't remember it being much. And I thought to myself, how do you how do you have experience to know what you want to do? Yeah, right. Yeah, and well, that's I, why I think. I re- it, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's why I was going to say. I was going to say that's why I think it's good these days. Like now that I've learned from my own son going to high school, but there's so many different opportunities that they can get credit for. That they can experience different things, whether it be a, a skilled trade or or do like a, a dual credit with a college. So yeah. like on a program, it's only one course, only taking classes in high school. You don't know, right? You're learning from your mom or dad or family members. Oh, I do this for a living. You're like, is it good? Right. You don't really know. You're not even at their job, so you don't know if it really is good yeah. or not, right? Is yeah. it something that I can do, right? So but yeah, sorry. I mean I cut you off there. Go ahead, new buddy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was gonna say, um, I I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do but I I mean when I switched schools <laughs> at at for well, a couple of things first of all I I moved out young I was 17 and I moved out and um and then I was back home for about 6 months and then I moved back out for good from that that point on so in terms of what was I going to do afterwards well, I don't have any money and who good luck. I, I remember working at do you remember uh the Mexican restaurant back there, Chi Chi's? Um behind well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right up right at Marco, so, yeah, by the building. Yeah, there. that's right. Yeah. So I uh I remember working there as a part time job and um I was a busboy. And I remember uh this one guy, th- this guy coming in, he had just graduated from university and he had a bachelor of arts uh arts and sciences and they said here uh, neil we'd like you to train this guy on 
how to clean tables. I was 14, I was 14 years old when I had this happen. And I'm training this guy on how to clean tables. And he's just come back from university and he's reporting to me. And I'm yeah. teaching him. And and that stuck with me. So that as I was trying to figure it out, I was like, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know I don't want to do uh, general arts and sciences because I'm going to end up being a busboy <laughs> yeah. working, working at a Mexican restaurant. And, uh, and I do remember this because I, at that point I was, I was running with a gang and everything at that point from the neighborhood. And um, to me, the, the, best job I could see was being a drug dealer, to be honest with you. That's what I, yeah. I was thinking. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, clearly I'm not going to be able to do these other things or I, I just couldn't even imagine. I got to be honest. I couldn't even imagine any, any of those other things. I didn't have anyone in my circle that did any important jobs or anything like that. Um, you know, definitely not my mom and my dad. And, and then, so by and large, I was like, well, I want to make money. The drug dealers make money and they get respect. That seemed like a, yeah. <laughs> that seemed yeah. like, oh man, I can't believe I'm going to say this. That seemed like a, a smart thing to do at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> but you know, but you think about it, you know, you think about it. It's, that's why, that's why, um, a lot of people talk these days, you know, when you want to, you like, you know, you're just talking to other people professionally about if you want to yeah. get into this, you want to get into that, surround yourself with the right people. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I mean, you were surrounded by the people, well, the right people were the, were the, you know, the drug dealer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately that's, that's, that's what it was. Right. Yeah. And they were your right people. And, yeah. uh, these didn't know that they weren't the right people, right. That, you know, yeah. this could, this might not be a great career because it might be a short career and a short life, maybe, right? Potentially, right? And uh, no, I'm I'm gonna know how to. I'm gonna do it right. There's a way to do this right, and I I'm gonna do it right. Like yeah. I'm gonna be the one drug dealer uh, in the world that never gets caught. Yeah, there's gonna be and live forever and just you know, and right off into the sunset, right? <laughs> no pro no problems, no shootings, nothing like that. That's not gonna not, happen. Yeah. It's all gonna be good, right? It's gonna live a good life. Yeah, that's life. right. Yeah, it's amazing the things we come up with. <laughs> yeah, so, well, no, you so, yeah, go ahead. You Joe, know, sorry. when it comes to you, I think, um, I think that you know, it it completely makes sense in that stage, right? Like we're trying to figure out what do we want to do for the rest of our lives, and we don't, you don't really know what's going on at that point in time, right? Like, I don't know. Like, because I, I, I've, I've told this before, but um, I would have never thought I was going to get into the trades, like, you know, plumbing or any, right. any trade for that matter. Because uh, as I joke, my dad, I remember my dad telling me not to get into the trades. And my dad was a, that's what he did. He was a flooring guy. So he was always on his knees. Back in the day, back in our day, it was more about carpet on the floor, right? People were hiding the, the hardwood floors up with carpet. He knew how to do like tiling, so like ceramic tiling and, and other stuff. And he had other parts this is from scotland so he had other parts to his trade like uh drapery refinishing furniture but mostly was his business was focused mainly around the, the flooring so mm -hmm. he had a, you know he had a 
hard physical life, basically, because especially on the knees. He used to always say that he had because he always had big knees. So he used to have elephant knees because they were so big and swollen from being on your knees so much, like on the concrete yeah. and hard floors, which is probably not good for you. But I remember hearing him saying that, and then it wasn't until later on. I don't know if it was when once I started, I decided that I'm going to go and uh, while I was uh, working one of my jobs out at the airport in Toronto. Um, I was a supervisor for like a contracted company that handled a uh, l- large number of aircraft for different for different airlines. And uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, the airlines don't have their own people. They usually get contracted people from the local. Anyways, it's a long story short. But uh, I was, you know, I was a supervisor. I was actually before I left. Before I left, I was the acting duty manager for a company. But it didn't really pay all the great. People think it's a glamorous. It's, it is kind of some ways it is a glamorous job because you're out. People are outside most of the time. I was pushing back towing aircraft. Big aircraft around. That was the guy who you see bringing the aircraft in, marshalling them in and stuff. Fun kind of job, right? Uh, the sucky part of the job was if you're doing that, you're loading the plane with baggage too. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. And uh, and but uh, when I was there, and then I decided, that, you know what, my uh, my wife that she was, my my wife was my wife then, and I said, you know what, I saw this thing for a private college, and we've all seen these private colleges around, and they were offering uh, skilled trade training. It was like a full-time program for three months. And I said, I'm going to do it. Cost whatever. Cost me an arm or leg. I can't remember how much it cost, but it cost quite a few thousand dollars. And I said, I'm going to do this, but I can't leave my job right now because we need the money, right? So um, I got my boss at the time. I said, uh, I said, one day in three months from now, I'm going to be leaving you. Um, but before I leave, I'm going to be taking schooling. So can you help me out and accommodate me? Because um, I was working. I was a supervisor or manager at the time. I was whatever shift I was working, I said, I need you, is it possible to cut my shift by about an hour every day to give me time to go to school in the morning um, and travel and, of course, eat? And then I would have taken a little, I would take an, actually a nap in the parking lot of the airport, parking lot every day. This was in the summertime, so it was like boiling hot, air conditioning, running in the car, sleeping, having a nap. And uh, and then I would go to work and I would supervise, right? And and I've always Take whatever, whatever I've been working when I was when I was younger, or even then, or now, I take my job seriously. So even though I know I was leaving, I was still taking it seriously. That I'm not, I'm not here to screw up. I'm still the supervisor. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do the best job, make sure everything runs perfectly, right? Even though I know I'm leaving, yeah. and uh, I did that for three months. It was hard, hard as hell. Like it took a lot out of me. I mean, I, I don't think I would be able to do it now because I was obviously a little bit younger then, but still, I was making a change in my life. A little bit later, I was doing trade, so basically changing a second, I guess, a second career change at the time, right? And uh, and when I once I did that, then I went off into the you know kind of the workforce, and eventually uh, did some change. I was working what they call non-union. I went to work at a, for a union, and you know, yeah. But eventually, eventually, you know, it was it, it turned out really well for me, thankfully, right? And uh, yeah, and that, that's why I always uh, I tell I tell them I, like I'm I'm a I'm a teacher, right? As I do my full time job, but as I'm there with my students and they're like today where I have them in, in our shop labs and they're doing hands-on labs and projects as they're doing, I'm, I'm in their ear talking like their mom or their dad. Right. Because I think a lot I've found over the years, a lot of them listen to me, even though I'm the old guy, um, you know, I'm not as hip as we used to be, uh, Neil, as I talk about different songs, they don't remember them. So, but as years pass here, a lot of them don't remember them. Like, okay, I guess I'm getting old now. Um, but I try and like, you know, as, yeah, as you might call me the other day, the plumbing whisperer, but I kind of try and be, I kind of whisper, I try to whisper in their ear, right? And I say to them, hey, this is why, this is, I uh, guess my little bit of advice for you. I think you should do this, right? 
And uh, I even I even tell my story. It's funny because that you're in the into uh, mortgage and stuff. Uh, the story that I tell them is when I was like 19 or so, when I dropped out of college, I was working. I was living at home, and I was making money. So I didn't really have. I had I think a couple little bills I had to pay, and, and I had to pay my parents rent because I was if I wasn't going to school, I had to pay them rent to live in the house. And so, but I still had money, right? Whatever it was I was making, I still had money. And back then, I, I always, for some reason, I had an interest in real estate. And it's funny that I don't own all these properties now because I had an interest back then. And I would look in the paper, and I think it was the Toronto Star every weekend, and they would have a thing on the home section. It'd be all the like new homes coming soon, whatever, right? Such and such a price. And I always thought about doing it, and I, I never did it. And and to this day, I kick myself in the butt thinking, if, you, if I could tell young Eddie something now, I'd say, go buy that house when you when you were thinking about it and so i tell them i say look at if you have an opportunity i know things are times are different now with prices a lot more expensive right but i said there's opportunity for something like that use that you see don't let it don't let it pass you by try it do it i mean the worst i could have said back in the day was i bought the house and then i could have turned around and sold it if i thought it was a problem right yeah because i didn't know what i didn't know what i was going to do like i didn't know i had a cousin of mine who bought a house he had started a trade and he bought a house with a friend and they they went together and they split it. And they both they actually lived there. I think they actually rented part of the house out. So they mm-hmm. were quite, you know, for their for their age, I guess they're quite smart about what they did. But eventually, they had agreement that if one of them wanted to leave, they could either buy the person out, you know, say I'm leaving, and the other person wanted to stay, or they could just agree to sell it and say, okay, we're going to sell it all together. I can't remember what they did, but I think to myself, damn, I should have done that, right? I should have. That's an opportunity, right? That we missed out. But I think we yeah. all miss those opportunities, right? We we all have those things that passes yeah. by. I know my I know my dad told me one time. He goes, he told me when I was a kid, and I said to him, oh, "You're crazy, Dad. I can't believe you did this." He said that I don't remember by Markham Ellsmere too by the four one McDonald's there. Oh yes, my dad had a chance. I don't think it was that one. I think it was that one. He had opportunity was presented to him to get that franchise with somebody else. And my dad said back in the day. What a hamburger place? What are they going to do? A hamburger place? What are they, you know, what? Like, that was like in the early days when it was like, you know, it was hardly as popular, I guess, or known about, right? And I said, yeah. Dad, you crazy, man. First of all, because I love going to McDonald's <laughs> back in the day, but I said, Holy Dad, if you would have got that. He goes, Yeah, I'm kicking my ass now. He goes, I'm kicking my butt now. I said, I can't believe. That, oh, my that goodness. Prison, that, that location, prison. they, of course, built the, the, uh, the college right across the street. Yeah, um, they built uh, they built the office buildings. They built the condos. They built all of yeah, the, all of those things all right around the McDonald's. Yeah, well, I remember back in the day, it was when I was a kid. They're going there. It was busy, and yeah. I thought to myself, "Dad, what were you thinking? It's so busy." I'm, I'm sure now it's, it's oh yeah, even, it's even busier, right? So, and but he goes, "Yeah," I, he goes, "I didn't know. I didn't know much about franchises and stuff." And he goes, "I was afraid to make that that plunge of that investment." Yeah. Right? So. Wow. And I can see it, right? Having a, a young yeah. family and stuff and not knowing what to do, right? You you're like, do I do it or do I not do it? So so I was trying to whisper in the rear, like get them from free advice. So you you know what I um what I would say about that or that I perhaps learned is that there there are opportunities that are gonna come by that you want to take at that time because you can afford to fail. You can afford to mess up on it because you can recover you've got time to recover and uh because later on it, the 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 longer you go in the light in life 
the less risk you can afford to take because you just don't have the time to be able to recoup it the same way. Um, it, you know, but I also say that because I, I didn't buy my first house till I was like 30 years old. Um, as we mentioned, I didn't even think it was possible to own a house, to be honest with you, because we grew up in an apartment. I've been living in apartments, all that kind of stuff. Houses, houses are for rich people. Oh, wait, you mean I can afford a house? I, I didn't even ask the question. It just yeah. didn't, it didn't occur to me that until I was around that age, right? And a lot of that had to do with getting married, having kids. And then, and then I started asking questions that I wasn't asking prior to that. Had I been asking those questions earlier, I probably would have already had a house and probably would have been so much further along, right? Like you, you miss yeah. those opportunities because I don't know, you're just doing other things. You're thinking about other stuff along the way. Yeah. So That's I think it's great that you're able to do that for them, for your, for your students. Yeah. And I, I try, like, I just, I just try and give them little tidbits. It may, it may be silly things. Like I say, okay, how young are you guys to go? I said, do you have a chance to go travel, experience some stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, make you know, make an investment, whatever if you can do it, whatever. Like you know, just little things. Like I'm just like you know, because I know that some of them, like I learned over time that they, they most of them appreciate it, and they, and even though I am the old guy, like their parents, that for some reason, I'm the teacher, so I'm like I'm somebody different, so I they will listen, right? And uh, so if I could just drop, I drop a few little nuggets here and there. I'm like, you know, take what you will and take what you don't want. It's up to you, right? You. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's still your life. I'm not telling you what to do still, right? But, you know, these are but, these are things that I did that worked out that I thought were good. These are things I maybe missed that I wish I would have done, but who knows, right? It's still it's still down to the individual person, the, the situation that you're in, right? So you don't. Is, is that like a plumber joke? Uh, you know, the plumber drops a few nuggets? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Drop a few nuggets into the bowl? Into um, the pool. Drop the drops. No, this the joke is we, we drop the kids off at the pool. Two, I dropped two kids off at the pool. I took, <laughs> and they want splash. <laughs> <laughs> and next week on leadership to wealth. Yeah, <laughs> lead with we're gonna, we have to lead with that. You have to lead with that one. That's the promo right there, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know, I you're talking about that McDonald's. I remember, and this is going to sound funny, but we used to take the bus down to by the McDonald's. We'd get off there. There was a grocery store called Peary's. Shout out to Peary's from back in the day. There was a grocery store there. Oh, and I we'd go, yeah, yeah. And Peary's, we would yeah. go, and, yeah. yeah, we would go and get uh, fresh produce from there. And then... My mom would take my brother and I, and we'd go there, and then we would walk across the street to McDonald's. And my kids think this is the craziest thing they've ever heard, but this is what my mom used to do. She would buy one package of small fries. You'd buy one, one small fries. They'd like, anything else? Nope. <laughs> one small fry. And then we would carry the bags, and she would give us a fry. We each got a fry and we keep walking and then she'd give us another fry and we would eat that one package of fries on the way home as we're carrying the, the groceries home um, and walking them back up the street. And it, my kids think it's crazy that first of all, how cheap uh, we were, but <laughs> I was like, that's just what we had. 
we didn't have, you know, that was a treat. That was my yeah, mom's yeah. way of giving us a treat was us sharing one fries. I'm like, I'm not from, you know, the, the forties or the fifties or the great depression of the thirties, but that was just life. And that, that actually now, if I look at it now, we're talking about what it was like thinking or thinking that we were poor at the time, what it, what it developed in me was a certain sense of delayed gratification that you don't have to have everything right now. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people, especially kids aren't getting that right now. They're, everything seems to be right now and they're being told by the media and everybody that you should have it right now. Do you see any of that when you're dealing with your students, that mentality? Yeah, yeah, for, I for sure, right? Because uh, this is why I, I do drop the nuggets because I realize that I try and one of the things I'm trying to tell them is that I, I'll even use myself as an example. I say, look at, um, this is where I started. I went from this, you know, I did this in college. I was going to be doing this for a living. Then I went to do this job. Then I did this other job. Then I got tree trained, went to become a plumber, and now here I'm as a teacher, right? So yeah. I think I, I like I. Yeah, and I think plumbing was a dream job for me, and this is probably like a good job, dream job for me. I would say, um, stuff before maybe wasn't so much, but I'd say I, you're not jumping. I try to tell them you're not jumping from your right from the school onto the dream, the dream job, right? The thing that you want. I mean, you might. There are people probably who do who like what they go from whatever from school, but I said, I said you might even change your job might change a little bit, your career might change a bit because based on what mine had, mine changed a lot and in major ways, right? So. Um, even when they're, I just talked to some of them the other day, I said, uh, I said, well, some of my students that I teach are, are what we call the post-secondary students who are, uh, taking a year to learn basic plumbing. So like, sort of like okay. what level one, level one of actual apprentices do when they go to school. So these okay. guys haven't, these guys haven't been out in construction. They're just learning about plumbing and basic stuff and, and, uh, some theory behind it and all that. I said, uh, this is like a, basically to help them to get, start their apprenticeship. It's like a selling point to people to hire them. And I said that you might have a hard time finding an apprenticeship. Don't be, don't like, don't be afraid. Like it might not happen, right? Um, there's because a lot of people are looking for people who are apprentices, but a little bit more experienced. Where you guys are basically yeah. brand new. And yeah. uh, and uh, but I said don't be afraid. Like I, I was talking to a student who said that they uh, um, they had another job working for a retail uh, company, retail store, and it was part time. He goes, I just, I just don't want to leave this other part time job here. And I said. And uh, and I'm looking for an apprenticeship. I said, I haven't found one yet. I said, no problem. And I said, I, yeah, he goes, actually, I have a friend of mine or a friend of the family who's in construction, and they want to give me like a, a job, a part-time or full-time job. And I said to him, I said, okay, well, I said, what's the uh, – so let's put it this way. Let's say that they offer you the same money as you're getting paid the retail. Retail's part-time. This will be full-time, let's say. But you're getting paid the same. I said, I said, that will at least put you on the path to where you want to go. By switching that job, okay, because that job, that retail job, is a you know it gets paid. It's a low paying job. I said, um, if it that construction job fails, you can always go back to another retail job. Worst case scenario, right? So yes, you're getting paid the same, but you're get you're you're putting yourself in a situation now where you work for a construction company. Yeah, you might be a laborer, you're not a plumber yet, but you're going to be working around other tradespeople. And you're going to make contacts and stuff, right? Which might lead to an opportunity. Like as you always say, the conversations of today lead to the opportunity of tomorrow. So you might be talking to one guy one day who's a who's a plumber on the job that you're working at, and all of a sudden 
Next day he says, Hey buddy. I know you were talking to me the other day and I see, you know, I see how good you work it. You were just in a plumbing apprentice. It might that's how it might happen. It really might just happen that way. And it does yeah. happen that way sometimes, right? And uh I said, So don't be afraid, you know, it's not gonna come to you right away. So don't don't be afraid. Yeah, you might some some of my students do get the apprenticeship right away, but I said, even when you have the apprenticeship, um, by the time you're done the apprenticeship, you may not like where you where you are, who you're working with. Right. Yeah. But I said I said the number one uh, priority of people who are working right now are sorry, people who are getting a, apprenticeships right now is you want to get apprenticeship started and you want to get it completed. Because once you get it completed, then you have your license, right? You have your license yeah. and you can do what you want. You can be start your own company, you can move to a different company if you don't like the company you So I just let them know that there's always there's it's not gonna happen right off the off right off the hop. Like, you know, yeah. don't be and some might so I know sometimes some of them don't buy it, right? They go, Yeah, okay, sure, right. Um, but a lot of them are like, okay, I didn't really realize that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, I guess I'm like the I'm like the Yoda, right? Whatever they they do kind of believe me a little bit. I'm the wise Yoda. Right? <laughs> well, you you know it's interesting. I was talking to uh, one of one of my investors, uh, someone who's also they want to learn more about real estate and real estate investing. Um, they're they're fairly new into it, and one of the things that we were talking about was you know, le learning where you can, right? And, you know, you do this, you learn a little bit here, you learn a bit there. I said, but one of the things you'll you'll learn if you really want to get into this as as they do, I said, is here, it's really important the questions that you learn to ask. And uh, most people will, they they right off the bat, the bat, they'll be like, I can't afford this. Right in the world of real estate investing, they'll be like, "I can't afford this," and I said, "You have to start a discipline where you start asking, how can I afford this?'" And I said, and then another level up is when you start asking the question, "Who can help me to figure out how to uh, buy this or how I can afford this?" And because one of the things that I've learned, and I think you've you kind of touched on it there, is there is so much more that opens up in life when you ask the question of who rather than the question of how, right? Because as you're learning, you're growing your network, hey, who can help me on this path to go to the next step is, is really a powerful um, question in, in your arsenal as you're coming up, as you're growing. And I wish someone had taught me that sooner, that to take all of those into uh, account because it'll really help you move along in your career. Yeah. And I know that I don't, I know that we've all experienced this COVID thing last this past year or so. How long, I don't know how long it's been going now, but it's going for a while yeah. is that um, I got to a point in my, in my career where in teaching that was, I was going to kind of do the same ways. And I think COVID kind of helped me accelerate it was that I started building up my, I was, I call it my computer, my community of practice. Yeah. Right. So I, I reached out to him, like, as I joke, I, I rediscovered the internet. Like, I didn't know it was already there, right? And I said, you know what? Um, I got to teach online now. I've never taught online. I've been teaching for five or six years. I think I'm a pretty good teacher, but this is, like, this is kind of brand new, right? This is not totally new. I know how to teach, but I don't know. Is there anything I need to know? I don't, I don't know what I need to know, right? Right? And that's why I started reaching out. Like, I, I started, uh, and it's not even, like, I think sometimes we – when we reach out and we try and get that network of people around us who can help us is that we have to be 
thinking even broader. Like uh, my situation, I was thinking locally at my own college, right? My own colleague and stuff. I said, you know what? There's the internet. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably like yourself a little bit on the, a little bit on the social side, on the social media. And I started making contacts all across Canada and even in the U.S. And uh, eventually I started my own group. It was just like plumbing professors that came together. And last year we had like a, we called the community of practice. And I, and I'm a shy, I'm a kind of a shy guy, even though I like to talk a lot. But I say, okay, I'm going to get everybody together, but no one's going to want to talk, right? No one's going to want to lead the way because, right, everybody just wants to sit there and listen, right? But I brought us together because I thought, here we can here we can all sit together and we can all share our experiences about what we know and what we don't know right now about how we can approach this teaching online because we, we all teach the same stuff, right? So maybe, we, maybe uh, you know, Tim out in BC knows something that I don't know that he can share with me, right? Or there's a guy down the U.S. or John down the U.S. There he, he used to teach in Canada, but now he teaches in the U.S. But maybe he's done an online teaching or whatever. And some people had done it, right? And it was I can remember doing it. It was like everybody's like, "Oh, thanks, Dad. This was great because it's first of all we we broadened our network of stuff. Like we were we you know we think we're good teachers, but now we've by connecting together we can now really up our game. Like we can you know take it to that level, right? And uh, and that's why I got not to not to do a little shameless plug here, but. I started my own podcast called Trades Educator, and as I told some of my friends the other day, I said it was a, uh, it was me being cheap. I didn't want to pay for education, so a best way to educate me myself was to start a podcast. And I brought bring other 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 educators on, whether it be uh, somewhere a skilled trade, but somewhere at university teaching, like say German studies. Otherwise, we're teaching this university and whatnot. I said because at the end of the day, I said we're you're an educator, whether you're educating in college, university, or grade school, you're teaching somebody. We're all teaching, just a matter of what grade level and you know, that's about it, right? And what topic we're teaching. But at the end of the day, we we can all learn skills from each other, other resources, right? So um yeah, so that, that's what I did. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Tell me what what uh what was that like and what have you gotten out of doing that? Um, well, I've definitely learned a lot of different things that I didn't even know, right? That were out there. And the other, because th- I've always, I don't, about, I don't know about yourself, especially in the, in the teaching profession, there's a lot of professions. There's always these kind of like workshops or, or, uh, conferences you go to, like, right. Yeah. And people are presenting. There's all these, there maybe a, there's a keynote speaker and there's all these little breakout sessions. But the best thing that I always liked about those things was the kind of like the little hallway conversations with people other colleagues right. in the field right and that's where i seem to always get the most out of yeah there might be a keynote speaker or somebody who a session was good i'm not saying they were all bad but it was those little conversations with the the other average person like myself doing the same thing um maybe in a different location and i think at the end of the day it, over the last year it's made me a better edu- a better educator so wow. I'm, better, I'm better at what better i do and even though this some some of the skills that I've learned, even though as COVID changes and hopefully goes away permanently, that we go back sort of more face-to-face and maybe not as much online, I know that some of the stuff that I learned, I can still use then. And uh, I think one of the things I learned from that group as well as from even my students um, over the time or last well is to have a little more empathy for everybody about what's going oh. on, right? Okay. Because, I mean, we're in the COVID world, right? And and I knew that I like some of my students in the past would tell me stuff like, you know, private stuff, right? 
um, this is going on. My father, my, you know, yeah. so my, my father's dying or whatever. Like yeah. really deep, like hard stuff that they're going through that they're trying to get through other, trying to do their education. Cause I, I always told them that we have services at the school that help with these sort of things because we never know what's going to happen in life, right? Something yeah. tragic might happen when you're trying to educate yourself, right? Or whatever you're doing. And uh, that's when I realized that, you know, um, there's a lot of teachers out there that worry about um, people cheating and stuff and like this. I'm like, and it's stressing people out, right? Why are you worried about cheating yeah. and stuff? I said, because I start to myself, people in my field and in certain other fields, we don't know everything. So sometimes we use resources. In my field in plumbing, we use a, a code book. We go to the code book. Um, when I'm out in the field, the code book isn't hidden in a drawer somewhere, and I have to try and remember it. If I don't remember it, I go and I, because of my experience, I'm able to look it up and go, okay, that's the code. Okay, that's what I got to do. Because I haven't done this for a while. I might have not remember how to do it. Um, so people were worried about this kind of stuff and, uh, and also just, just kind of having empathy for people because, um, there's a lot more stuff going on that, that we don't know about. And then as the COVID world changed, uh, sorry, we changed the COVID world. Like I, I would think to myself as I was like, on like, like with, I am with you right now, I'd be like talking to my students over the camera, talking on live on a, from my house to their houses. And in the background, I had three boys, you know, fighting trying to learn online from home that was yeah. trying to teach. <laughs> a dog barking, right? All this kind of like stuff going on. A lot of stuff for me, a lot of stuff going on to, to keep focus on when I'm trying to teach a class, right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what? So do my students. They may have kids at home. Some of them do have kids, right? They're a little bit older. And some of them had part time jobs working in, in retail. Or not retail in uh in the uh um like your grocery stores and stuff like that. So they were working more hours as the girl, you know, in the early days, we you remember the grocery stores were always very busy, right? You know, the toilet paper was selling off the shelves like crazy. And right. So I had students who were, who were working those jobs and now we're working more hours because they needed the money. They're like, they got extra hours. Of course they wanted to take them. Right. And then they were trying to find that, that school balance and work balance. Right. Um, yeah. But I've learned so much just from having that professional kind of like community. Like I call it the community of practice. People call it community practice is that it just kind of it, it it keeps you grounded but it also keeps you kind of up to date on things right so it's i think i think it's something the good that no matter what kind of field you're in it's just definitely good it just to go to check in with people it could be kind of informal where it could be if, it, if we're able to with with no covid restrictions like say let's all meet together and let's go hang out at the pub and we'll talk about yeah talk shop as they say right talk about our field yeah. and or it could be more formal, like over, you know, Zoom call or something like that. Where, and I think you, it's it's amazing how much you can learn because it, that you you brought it even further, right? Because the experiences we have in Ontario might be different than they have in BC, mm -hmm. and they may have some nugget of knowledge that we don't know. Depending what field, no matter what field we're in, we might they might have that little bit of something that we go, oh, that's pretty cool, right? I never thought about that, and uh, yeah, because for the end of the day, like I said before, when I've anything I've done, I've tried to do it the best. Whatever job I've ever had, I tried to do it to the best possibility, right? So possibly, yeah, best possibly I can, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, well, it's it's um, those those sidebar conversations are immense. It, it's amazing what happens when you have some of those. You know, you can have a larger conversation with people, but then sometimes it's just that. That little sidebar conversation, someone says, well, you know what? Actually, this and this. And you're like, really? Oh, my goodness. And you start and you ask them some other, tell me more about that. And like you're sh sharing, there's just something that you learn and you're able to add 
to your uh, to your learning and uh, to your experience, right? And um, I really appreciate what you're talking about when when it comes to empathy, because you know I I remember having a manager who who talked about when you assess people, you have to take into account what's going on in their life, what's happening with them. You know, were they a great employee all of this time? And now something, you know, did something happen that what's changed, right? Uh, or have they always been like this, right? You, being able to look at people. And um, I remember him saying something about actually appreciating, uh, you know, a an employee that was uh, married or had kids because he, he, he talked about, um, he said, when, when someone's married and has kids, they've got all of the, they've got other people that depend on them and, uh, they can't be a complete idiot because they've got a, they've got continual feedback, uh, from the wife and kids that's trying to uh, refine them. Right. And so, learning to take things that person is going to learn to take things into account and uh and so you know i think a lot of people think that getting married or having kids can be a hindrance on their careers when uh really we can see that it can actually really help your career because you can have empathy for people because you are going through all of these different spaces in life right that's part of what life is and getting older. I mean, like from the days of playing on the playground and, you know, Monsieur Harry Steele saying, you have to push the mob. You have to push it. You know, <laughs> yeah, good you remember Mr. Him, he was the, yeah. the, the yeah. soccer coach, right? Oh, yeah. Push I the got, ball. I, push the ball. <laughs> I remember because I got in trouble because I, I swore at him. <laughs> oh, my I goodness. Got, I got suspended from the team in grade eight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I got put back on the team after a couple of losses. But anyways, <laughs> it's not our side story, but but no, good Shout memories, though. Good memories. Mr. Steele, I don't think he's around still, but... Oh, um, that's unfortunate. But yeah, because the thing is, that when I started, but also when I started the podcast, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm I'm not doing this for, for like money. I laugh because um, right. I remember I was pulling up my stuff, like uh, my hosting site and stuff and, and whatever downloads. And, my, and I was like, well, that's pretty good. Down like I'm, I'm happy with that, right? And I'm, at least I'm not doing it just for myself. Somebody else is getting something out of it, hopefully, right? Yeah. And I remember my, my little guy coming up, my James coming and goes, oh, dad, you ain't going to make any money off of that. That's not enough subscribers or that's not enough downloads or whatever. I'm like, son. If I want to make money, I wouldn't have done a podcast on education. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a money maker, but at least I don't think it would be a money maker. But I said that's why I you know, and I mind you, I've just I've just recently given in. I'm actually going I'm actually going back to school in in, in April, uh, doing a master's in arts and learning and technology. So I'm doing I'm doing my my one of my uh, what do you call it? I guess my I guess my bucket list. I never did a, a degree in a university, and but I'm but I'm, but I because of my experience of what I've done, I was able to get into the master's program. So yeah. fingers crossed, I'm I'll be okay. But I'm gonna I'm giving her a go. So I'm I've given wow. in I've I've given in. I'm actually paying money now for some education and experience. So as well. So. <laughs> and and what's the dream there with regards to doing your master's in that? Uh, 
it's kind of there's a bunch of different folds. So one one is just because I want to do it for me for the bucket list. Yeah. Uh, so if, that, if that's the only thing that comes out of it, I would be happy with that. The other thing is, uh, um, as even when I did my plumbing, when I finished my plumbing, I had my kids. Uh, my kids were young, my, but my oldest was just old enough to go and see me graduate. So yeah. it's I'm doing it for them to see that the dad can do it, and it, sometimes you can do it later in life because you you know don't be afraid. And uh, and the other reason why I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm actually trying to p- potentially advance myself beyond just a professor. So I'm looking at it yeah. as a future goals as associate dean or dean of a of a school. Wow! Uh, oh wow! Who knows? It, uh, that's there's there's not that many of those jobs. As you go further up, obviously, and anything, there's less and less positions to, and more and more people are fighting for them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, I have a dream. I, I don't know most because most uh, uh, most schools or college or universities, um, the deans that represent usually each school usually have a background in yeah um, something that relates relates to that school, like a you know, school of business, some kind of business background. And yeah. so the school, the school usually the schools of trade don't usually have too many people at that level uh, with a trades background. So that's my that's one of the reasons why I'm doing it too, just to. Because uh, I don't know if you've ever heard me say this before, Neil, but uh, I mean, I don't have a degree, but I have a five-year apprenticeship, and it's a red seal. And the day I die, before the day I die, I hope that one day that it is fully recognized just as equally as a, a four-year degree. That's my mm-hmm. goal. Um, because um, I'm big on I'm big on education. I'm more on in education than I was when I was younger, that's for sure. Back in yeah. high school, I don't think I would be so big on education. But I'm also big on the fact that uh, being obviously in the skilled trades that um, especially seeing with my son, I don't know back, I don't know if you remember back in the day, I never remember seeing too much promoted about the skilled trades uh, right. as a pathway per se. Right. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure it was recommended to some people saying, hey, you're not too bright. You might want to think about this, right? Quietly yeah. in the corner, maybe they told them. Um, but uh, well, even when I see it. Back then, it was for dummies. Dummies went yeah. to... Uh, the the trades i mean yeah. skilled trade ha 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 yeah it's yeah. trades right yeah they were like yeah, that meant a... you weren't smart enough to go to university yeah right or even college for that matter just a community college or whatever yeah. right so but even now i look at th- these days when my, even my son when they they talk about their pathways coming out of high school it's still they show university like at his school they were showing university first then college and they're showing and they they have a thing that they give them lots of links to give them lots of resources about about universities and college, not just about the different ones, but all the different things you need to know about about what, how university works and all that stuff, right? And then they yeah. came down the third one. The third one, as I call it, the, their consolation prize was the uh, pathways into apprenticeship, right? And then I'm like, with hardly any information, I'm like, how is people supposed to understand? Because I know that um, anybody who doesn't know about apprenticeships, when they come to my to my school, let's say for an open house. Um, let's say the parents come with the kids. They don't understand how how to how you become a plumber, how you become an electrician. I'm like you yeah. you go to school, you do do school, right? And uh, but there's a hands there's a hands on learning part, and there's a school learning part. But so yeah, it's a little bit of passion for me to uh, about it. So I'm a little I I I don't want to get fired up on us now because I'll get I'll be going for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I'll tell you, I almost became an electrician uh, because of uh, Tony, Tony Esposito. Shout out to Tony. Um, 
you know, his brother was an electrician and, uh, and he of course ended up going down that route and became an electrician himself. And, uh, I was pretty close to, uh, following him down that, that road. It just seemed like fun. And, uh, and cause I remember him taking me to a couple of sites and stuff like that back in the day. Um, I, I didn't end up going down that route and I'm sure on cold winter's days, I'm glad that I didn't go down that route. But having said that, you're right. It wasn't promoted back then uh, as as much. And I think we're seeing the results of that. There, There's a shortage in the skilled trades. And now, as a result, the, the skilled trades are able to charge uh, significantly and especially in this market, oh my goodness, uh, they're making they're making great money, and probably better money than a lot of their professors at this point. Uh, oh yeah, being oh, yeah. out there, right? So, it, yeah, I know, a I, I know, a I know a couple of guys who are uh, have companies. One is a larger company, one's like a, a smaller kind of local company, yeah. and they they actually they actually give us feedback on our program, right? Uh, about oh, yes. what's going on, what's what the new trends are, right? And they were talking about like, goes actually. Both of them were scared about what was going to happen for COVID, what was going to happen to their business. He goes, the one guy who has a small company, he does like more like like uh, renovations, like kitchens and bathrooms for homes. He goes, business is through the roof. Like he's the owner. He's actually working on the tools himself now because he needs somebody else, right? This, the the demand is, he goes, people are staying home now. So now that they see their ugly washrooms in their kitchens and they're not going, they're not flying or flying away. Now they have like your, I remember you mentioned, I heard you mentioned the other day and, uh, I don't know if it was on noon with Neil or your podcast, but about how people have all this money, right? That's been right. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't, they're, yeah. If they're working. If they're still. If they've been still working. They've been still collecting all that money, and they don't. They're trying to find a place to spend it, right? They can't. They can't do the entertainment. They can't do their traveling. So they're, they're not they're spending money at the bars. They haven't been yeah. going out as often. They've, you know, the the money on the gyms, the memberships, the yeah. all of those things. They're not doing half of those things that they were spending money on. So. Amazingly, all of a sudden they have money stored up. Yeah, and then that's where the guys who are doing it can, because they have so much work, they can ask for more money because they got lots of work, right? And then the people who are like, okay, I guess so, because I got extra money lying around. I guess that's what I got to pay, right? But yeah, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's well, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. That's that's yeah. why I, I know that uh, I don't mean to ramble on you, Neil, there, but uh, uh, that's why I just saw about recently, just uh, on my on my LinkedIn, I put. Uh, because I've been getting asked by people about consulting. So I'm thinking about even starting consulting on the side as, as like a plumber and consult. There's a couple of different ways of doing it. And uh, I know that we've had some uh, private chats on the side there that I haven't followed up on recently, but I will be following up on. Uh, because I started realizing to myself that um, whether it be teaching, community practice, whatever you're doing, you need to have surround yourself with people and knowledge. And, and right, whether you're a single business person, you still have mentors or you've got people from advice for people or you worked at a different company before and then you move on or you have a uh, a group of people that come together and form a company but you bring all that knowledge together right so i'm thinking there might be a place for me with my knowledge to uh in the in the in the investment world as they say so i'm i'm thinking about it anyways i'm starting to think about it a little more anyways but that's a conversation we'll have another day probably <laughs> <laughs> well there opportunities abound and i think one of the great things is that you know, there's no such thing as being too old for any of it. You, you know, wherever you are in your journey, the the opportunities that are in front of you are probably because you're at that stage. And if you're 
willing to open yourself up a little bit more than than larger and bigger opportunities can open up to you. And and I think, you know, we we talked about it last year and during COVID as you were talking about doing the podcast and, you, you know, I remember us having a couple of conversations and in a, at a point in time when many people were in a very restrictive place, you chose to uh, be open-handed. You chose to, you know, reach out to people. You chose to be a representative of connection, of of empathy, of all of these things. And I think uh, we've seen some amazing. It's amazing to see how people have rallied around and been interested in in hearing and sharing information in your journey. I, I think you've just really that vulnerability has won. You know, as Gary V always talks about, you know, authenticity and and realness will win out over, you know, the shysters and, you know, the people that are just trying to win for themselves. And and I think you're you're good proof of that. So uh, I definitely look forward to following your journey as you get into consulting and all those other things that hopefully we get to talk about in the, in the sidebar conversation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I, it's true because a friend of our good friend of me, my wife's, had had said to us early on in our uh, in our kind of our journey, said, "You know what? Your blessings will come." Because he's a very religious person, so your blessings will come. So all the good things that, and all the good things that you're doing and all the good work that you're doing, yeah. you know, as you struggle and you think that you don't see the light that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's true. Like to this day, like, like I'm like, you know what? I we were good friends with her still. I'm like. I said, yeah, you were right. You're like, you know, like, I mean, there was times where I th felt frustrated, but you know what? Um, but I would never change it because it's, it's about doing, I think it's about doing the right thing and being a good person yeah. and doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it comes, it comes back to you in space. Like, you know, that's like, it's like you're yeah. sowing the, you put the sow in the seed, right? You're watering yeah. it every day. It's yeah. that, that, it's like an investment, right? It's coming, it sits there, right? And it eventually it grows and, and then you say, thank you very much, right? You're like, yeah. happy that it's here now so yeah wow um i want to give one final shout out to uh, uh miss siwak and mr hagan and the and the whole st thomas more crew um we're we're representing for you guys <laughs> <laughs> and uh ed, ed uh thank you so much for coming on the show um you know i really appreciate you just sharing what this journey has been like for you and and getting to this point and even sharing that there's more to come I, I really appreciate that i think uh it's it's something that we need to hear more of and hear uh, hear more especially as we see so much out there about uh, creating divisions and and here you are being a force of connection uh in the world and i really appreciate that thank you for coming on the show today 